around Australia on the Oz Ethereal Network and across the world online. This is Supernatural Sexuality with Dr. Seabrook. everyone. Welcome back to Supernatural Sexuality. I'm your host, Dr. Olivia Seabrook. Join me tonight as I take calls from listeners like you who have questions about their relationships or sexualities. If you want help or advice tonight, you can call us around Australia for free on 1-800-975-711 or internationally via our Geisline service at Seabrook On Air. I wanted to thank everyone who sent tweets or emails my way about my appearance on SunUp this week. It's a very different experience being on television than it is chatting with you, dear listeners, but I was glad to chat with the hosts and help educate people about how to handle diverse relationships to such a wide audience, even if it was for a very short segment. Anyway, it's time for your calls. Let's get to work, shall we? This is Dr. Olivia Seabrook. You're on the air. Hello, Dr. Seabrook. My name is Phoebe. Hello, Phoebe. How can I help? Well, Dr. Seabrook, I've started dating this lovely vampire. We've been going out for the last few weeks. It's been really grand, but I'm worried that he's not that into me. And how did you meet this vampire? Well, I was out with some friends at this new restaurant. It's this vegan joint called Don't Feed the Plant. Meosis works there. That That's his name, by the way. We both bonded over our shared passion for animal rights. In fact, the next day we were both at a voiceless rally and, well, it just kind of continued from there. I mean, we've seen each other at least three times a week since we met. Always good to have a shared interest. Why are you concerned that he's not into you? You are spending lots of time together. It's just, well, it's a bit silly and it sounds really selfish, but when we have sex, he doesn't go down on me. For some reason, I think that means he finds me unattractive or he doesn't want to. Ah, I see. Have you spoken to Meosis about this? I'm a little embarrassed. It feels so selfish. Phoebe, it's okay to ask for what you want in the bedroom. I think it's something everyone should feel comfortable talking about. I want to put a pin in that and return to it a little later. But first, let's talk about the problem at hand. I have a theory. Now, this may be totally wrong, as I don't know this man. He may just dislike giving oral sex, and you'll have to decide whether that's a problem for you. But, well, he is a vampire. Well, yeah, I said that. And, forgive me for being blunt, but are you expecting your period? Yeah, I'm due for my period soon, but I don't see what that's got to do with it. Phoebe, what do vampires eat? I told you, he's... Oh, I can't believe I never thought of that. I'm so stupid. You're not stupid, Phoebe. As you said, you met at a vegan restaurant. It's unlikely it would have crossed your mind. But then, are you saying they might kill me? Not kill you, no. They do require the necessary proteins, lipids and carbohydrates found in blood. Many alternate their diets to accommodate this as they feel it's a social disadvantage. Some vampires even use synthetic blood. 
Generally, though, they find willing participants, particularly if they are vegan. Usually this is successful. However, the scent of blood can instigate a type of primal response, similar to sharks. So he is going to kill me. No, no, most vampires will not kill. He may get a bit embarrassed, though, to feed. You mean he could like it? I've heard of it happening before, but I think that's something you should discuss with him. Well, thanks, Dr Seabrook. I Wait a minute, Phoebe. Please stay on the line. I said I was going to return to your discomfort in asking for your own pleasure. Oh, well, okay. Thanks. I know it's very confronting to share yourself with me, but I wanted to help because if there's one thing I get worried about, it's a lovely person like yourself feeling embarrassed and ashamed of their sexual pleasure. I wonder, have you recently come out of a long-term relationship? I have. How, how did you know? I've been a therapist for a long time now, Phoebe. This comes up pretty regularly. Sure. Tell me about them. Well, he was a ghost. Okay. So tell me about your relationship with this ghost. He haunted my old flat. At first he seemed really transparent. <laughs> transparent about what he wanted. But, well, it got so repetitive. We ended up going through the same things over and over again. And when I tried to change it up, he'd get all offended. He also kept comparing me to his former girlfriends, which was just uncool. I don't know. It felt like he had unfinished business. I understand, I think. Just to clarify, when you're talking about changing things up, do you mean sexually? I mean everything. We'd go out to the same restaurants, eat the same meal, brush his teeth the same way. I mean, he couldn't even hold the toothbrush. But every night he tried to pick it up and I'd end up with the bathroom covered in ectoplasm and toothpaste. When I asked for him to do something sexually, suddenly he'd go on this tangent about being suffocated with a pillow and now he only ever does missionary. To be honest, I don't remember. You know when you hear something so many times, eventually it just becomes dull in your head? Yeah, I do. It's hard dealing with people who won't compromise or validate your own desires. Yes, but I still feel like I should have done better. It seems like he was set in his ways and you shouldn't let his hang-up stop you from enjoying yourself now. I guess so. It's completely fine, Phoebe, to want to have sex your way. Just be patient. Also, talk to Meosis. I mean, who knows? He might be worried about the same thing. You think? I don't know, but you seem like a sensible and caring person. I'm sure if you talk it out with Meosis, you can come up with a solution to ensure your satisfaction and his comfort. Thanks, Dr. Seabrook. Well, yeah, thanks. You're welcome, Phoebe. Thanks for calling. It can be a hard thing to confront past relationships, but in order to know where you're going, I find it's good to know where you've come from. A good amount of self-knowledge can go a long way in getting what you want in and out of the bedroom. Oh, it looks like we have our next caller. You're on the air. Go ahead. Hi, Dr. Seabrook. So, my name is Fiona. I'm human, and I've been dating one of the fair folk for a couple of months. We really enjoy each other's company and have compatible interests, but I knew she'd like us to be physically intimate more often, and I, I feel messed up about it. Is it that the two of you have incompatible libidos, or is there another issue? Another issue. She's, well, y you know, she's glamorous in the most literal sense of the term. 
She's beautiful, and I'm just a frumpy dork with acne and stretch marks. When we do sex stuff, I feel incredibly awkward and ugly. She says I'm being ridiculous and that she's super attracted to me, but she's so out of my league. Low self-esteem can be a really difficult burden to bear, especially when coupled with comparing yourself to someone you personally find attractive. You're very negative in the way you speak about yourself, which concerns me a little and which might be worth speaking to a professional about in the future. When you and your partner talk about this issue, how does she respond when you call yourself frumpy or point out things you think of as flaws? She says she likes them because they're human. She likes to touch them, but I feel self-conscious when she does. Your lover is from a less physically vulnerable species than you are. The things we're often taught by society to devalue, ageing and imperfection, for instance, are unique and remarkable from her perspective. When you're together, have her touch the parts of your body you're insecure about while telling you what she loves about them. Try to see them as something precious to the person you care about. Do you think you can do that? I'll do my best. Thanks, Dr. Seabrook. Thanks for the call. That sort of low self-esteem, it's something so many people struggle with, myself included. It's so easy to judge yourself. If you're hearing that critic in your head, remember that they're thoughts. You can fight back by being a little gentler with yourself. And remember that our critics aren't always right. And even when they are, it's okay to mess up every now and again. Oh, time for an ad break, I think. This is Supernatural Sexuality. We'll be back after these messages. Welcome back to Supernatural Sexuality. I'm Dr. Seabrook. I think we're ready for some more calls. Let's get to it. You're on the air with Dr. Seabrook. How are you doing today? Greetings, Doctor. I have called upon you, for I require advice and assistance with a most intimate dilemma. Well, that's what I'm here for. What can I do for you? First, you must understand who I am. I am a spectre of the stage, a shadow behind the curtain, a wraith of drama that seeps into both the production and building of which spectacle delights audiences with magnificent portrayals of hope, dreams, and fears. You are a theatre ghost. You wound me, my lady, with your common parlance. However crudely, though, I admit you speak with accuracy. I hold a delightful auditorium that says plays and productions from the greatest of playwrights and actors. Truly. My theatre is the finest to be standing in this town. I can hear you are very proud of it. What troubles you enough to call in tonight? Ah, well, you see, as is the custom, I have a box that is always set aside for me for every performance. Of course. Lately, however, there has been a most unscrupulous young gentleman who has been sneaking into the theatre and residing in my reserved box in order to take in the shows. I take it you have not encouraged him to leave? Oh, I tried at first, of course, 
I rattled, enraged, and froze the box to the iciest of temperatures. I dropped sandbagged on stage during a show, uh, n not to harm anyone, of course, simply to make my displeasure known. However, he could not be swayed from his ravenous consumption of the arts. And because he is sneaking in and out like a common thief, the staff have no clue that he has been breaking our agreement. If you don't mind me saying so, this sounds more like something you could take to the staff of the theatre. Why are you calling me about it? Because something changed, Doctor. After several performances where he would not consider leaving before the curtain fell, no matter how I vexed him, I grew fatigued and began to simply observe him. Doctor, I have never seen a human with such a passion for the arts that it rivals my own. But his eyes light up like a galaxy of diamonds when the curtain rises, and his knuckles turn white as he grips the balustrade when touching fills the auditorium. Truly, he feels moved by the dramatic in a way that I only barely remember from my own youth. It makes me feel alive again, too, to be next to him in the box and to feel that fire and passion again so clearly. I began to make myself more known to him outside of icy air and creaking boards. I began to warm the air at his back began to whisper secrets from backstage in his ear, leaving me offerings of sweets and poetry. Then he rests gently upon his seat when he vacates the theater. Dearest, brightest, most esteemed doctor, I have fallen most unwell with infatuation. What is the path forwards for a lovesick phantom such as I? Well, first of all, I think it's wonderful that you found someone who shares your passion for the theatre. You've been talking to him, yeah? You mentioned whispering secrets, but have you actually spoken with him as one person to another? Indeed, dear doctor, I have. A couple of nights now. We have shared tales of our lives and deaths with each other, quietly in the box in darkness, long after a show. It was this way I learned that he slinks into the theater the way he does, as he does not have the money to attend legitimately. Rather, his currency is better spent on his ailing mother for whom he cares. Devotee of the arts, sensitive poet, and most loving son, it torments me how wondrous this man is. Truly, does his perfection reach no limit? Well, he does sound like a lovely young man. And it sounds like you're having a wonderful time for getting to know each other. I must admit, though, I'm still struggling to grasp the problem here. The problem? 
What future could our relationship possibly hold? Dear doctor, I cannot leave the theater. And he has his own life and family to attend. Are we cursed to only cross paths when the show plays out across the stage? Are we doomed to never have mundane domesticity together? What should happen if the theater staff learn of his clandestine attendance? Oh, I am overwhelmed! There is too much at stake, and yet I cannot stop myself falling for him. Ours is a tale destined for disaster. All right. Well, I think that's being a little dramatic, which I know is your nature, but nonetheless, there's no reason to catastrophize about this before there's actually any reason to worry. First of all, I don't think you need to worry about the staff all that much. If you're able to communicate with them, which I imagine you are since you're calling me, you'll be able to tell them to make special exceptions for your gentleman friend. As for what the future might hold, there are a lot of options available to you. Perhaps he might get a job at the theatre and you can see him more often. Perhaps you can, with the support of the theatre staff, invite his mother along to a show so you can meet her. Perhaps he might move to a nearby building. Or perhaps maybe you find your binding to the theatre loosen with your new passion and be able to attend things at his invitation. The future is not set, as any clairvoyant will tell you. I would encourage you not to worry so much about the far future and simply concern yourself more with the present and the immediate future. Solutions to future problems can be sought when those problems actually arise. And in terms of the present, keep doing what you're doing. Keep talking and getting to know each other. Keep enjoying this wonderful new connection you have made. The joy and the passion that you have when you speak of this gentleman is beautiful. And I don't want you to let that slip because you're worrying about things that might not even be worth worrying about. He is as fine as any play that has graced my stage. Truly, I can sense that. One thing I will say that I'd like you to do, though, is to tell the staff about him. Get them to give him a season pass so he no longer has to sneak into the theatre. Don't make him skulk around to see you anymore. Let him come in through the front door and be treated with dignity. Can you do that? Yes. Yes! I shall amend our agreement to include unfettered access to the theatre for him. Good. I think that will go a long way towards making you both feel more secure about this blooming relationship. Thank you, dear doctor. I will try to be less concerned with the future and enjoy what blessings have fallen to me. You have been a great help. I'm glad to hear it. Good luck and feel free to call back if ever you do need more advice on some of those scary future possibilities, okay? I most assuredly will. Thank you. Thank you for the call. It really does go to show that just because there's drama doesn't mean there isn't a way forward. And sometimes a little dramatic license directed well can be a good story for your relationship. That about wraps things up for this week. I'd like to thank Phoebe, Fiona and our dear theatre ghost for their calls today. And as always, thanks to Shannon Forth, our producer. I'm Dr Olivia Seabrook. This has been Supernatural Sexuality. 
I hope you found something in our show tonight and I hope your relationships find their way. I'll see you next week. Supernatural Sexuality with Dr. Seabrook was created by Lee Davis Thalborn and produced by Pasavolvez Productions. Dr. Olivia Seabrook is voiced by Mama Boho. Phoebe was voiced by Tegan Benham-Banham with the call written by Patrick Whalen-Smith. Fiona was voiced by Alicia Atkins with the call written by Mary Borsellino. And the Theatre Ghost was voiced by Zane Sexton with the call written by Aaron Kian. If you like our show and want to support us, consider backing us on Patreon. We do our best not only to create a high-quality show for you, but to pay everyone involved in its production. Your monthly donation will help continue to support great shows like this one. You can become a patron via supersexradio.com slash Patreon. If you're not able to support us financially, consider rating and reviewing us on your platform of choice and spread the word about our show. If you want to learn more about Supernatural Sexuality with Dr. Seabrook, visit our website, supersexradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Supersex Radio, all one word. Up next on the Oz Ethereal Network, two women from different worlds find love through the mic in Interference. Find out more about this great show at theorkzone.com. <laughs>